1: Done. The dead will walk here. I'm just going to bash your brains. Your suffering will be legendary, even in hell. Me back. It's alive, it's alive, it's alive. They
0: all down here. They're coming to get you,
1: Barbara. Why? You're oh, doomed.
0: You're oh, all doomed
1: show tonight sequel
0: to deja vu our hosts celebrate the
1: time-honored tradition of movie sequels including the good the bad and the very ugly from diabolical killers who won't stay in the grave to science fiction epics whose stories cannot be contained to a single chapter and so much more Join us for the tales you love. And
0: some that you won't believe got made in the first place. The guy is a myth.
1: Man, a myth.
0: No one saw his face. It was as if the lights dimmed. just No one knew his name. I know who you are. I'm a sinner. They thought he didn't exist. Well, they were wrong. Let's play. Antonio Banderas. Desperado. Rated R. At theaters Friday. righty, folks. Welcome once again to Cinema Degeneration. This is sequel to Deja Vu. And we have another part two for you this evening, or I should say this afternoon. We're doing the part two of the Mariachi Trilogy with Desperado, written and directed by one Robert Rodriguez in 1995. And for a first-time uh, guest co-host, I have my good friend Rich Hall. How are we doing?
1: Doing pretty good, Cameron. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Always doing good when I'm talking to you, sir.
1: Right. You know, right, right.
0: As, as Patty made a made a point to to remind me that she might have been your friend first, but I am your friend favorite.
1: Yes, actually, <laughs> that that, that, uh, that does come up between us.
0: Now, Rich here uh, is a good friend of the family of me and my wife, Patty. Uh, They were originally went to school together, Xavier and whatnot. And uh, you are a a clinical psychologist, am I correct? Or am I off on that?
1: Yes. And we actually did not go to school together. So we met at uh, a a placement called the Linder Center. So we we met kind of late in both our trainings uh, and hit it off really well. We were um, in an office together. We shared an office with six people. And for some reason, her and I just kept ending up in the smaller, there was like a bathroom they converted to an office and she and I would just be in there (laughs) giggling, just like making jokes nonstop. And so uh, I knew then on, she was probably going to be my friend for life. And then I met you and I was like, oh no, you two are perfect uh, for me. Uh, I'm I'm in love with you both.
0: (laughs) We complete you.
1: Right. (laughs) Right.
0: Now, in addition to being a doctor. Doctor of psychology. You are also a podcaster. You have a few of your own shows. I know you have the Hall Space podcast
1: that you do with your wife, Nikki, but you have a couple of others as well. Do you not? Yes. Yes, I have one other. So I do the Hall Space podcast with my wife uh, and we just, you know, we talk about pop culture and and sometimes movies. And I have my other friends on and we'll we'll review some some stuff uh, like, you know, the Disney Marvel shows, the Disney Star Wars shows, that kind of thing. Uh, and then I have another show called Psychologize You, which is a uh, somewhat weekly. It's always hard to get that schedule when you have a real job and kids. Uh, yep. But uh, that's a show where we talk about psychology issues, uh, news of the day, and try to like help people with education around psychological issues. So, like most recently, we were talking about high functioning depression, and I'm going to be doing some shows on. Um, you know imposter syndrome and all sorts of things so the type of stuff i love talking about when i'm off the clock
0: yeah (laughs) oh so now when when being a fan of pop culture and comics and you know movies and tv shows do you find it hard to watch these and not psychoanalyze the characters and, and think about it from the standpoint of like oh
1: it was just written in the script versus oh why in the hell are they doing this No, when when someone writes really well, you know why they did it. So uh, part of the reason I am a psychologist is because I like stories and I like analyzing stories. And people in some ways are just stories. We're the stories we tell ourselves and we're the stories that others tell about us. Uh, And so uh, some of why I can keep the stories of so many people in my head as they tell me their life story is because I'm such a fan of media. Uh, and consume so much of it. So when watching media, if someone's a good writer, I could see, oh, the writer was doing this, but it's also like, but it makes sense the character would do this. Now there are times where I'll see, the writer only wanted us to get to this location, so they wrote this in, and it doesn't feel real to the character. Like sometimes I can't not notice when stuff like that happens in certain stories. Uh, but for the most part, I can still enjoy, even when I can see the structure, um, there are many, as you may know, you know, like horror movies and, and detective movies, all the genres have their tropes where it's like the writer just had mm-hmm. to like check a box to make sure this happened. Uh, and there's right, a part of me that still gets jazzed when you see it. Like, oh, no, this is the point where, you know, he realizes it was all a lie.
0: This is the <laughs> point where the coroner is going to talk to somebody while eating a sandwich. You <laughs> right, <know>? right, right, right.
1: <laughs> to show that he's not that he's not bothered by all this death stuff. <laughs> you know <laughs> right uh, and right. so part of me just sort of loves the oh okay this is this is where that happens box checked continue telling this novel tale uh so long <laughs> as they don't say you know don't just make, make it a, a full of trope kind of story uh but uh when they hit when they do it right they're like you'll know they're like oh what's happening here what's happening oh they bearded to re- uh recognizable territory and back again into something interesting so i appreciate yeah, it i no think
0: i think this movie desperado checks several of the trope uh, so boxes, many trope huh?
1: boxes so many trope yeah.
0: boxes it's so many like you know and the funny thing is it, it's a 90s movie you know it came out in 95 yeah, yeah. it's the second part of a trilogy mm-hmm. and uh i always keep hoping we'll get a part four but i think the time is that window of opportunity has kind of passed but you never know i can always hold yeah. out hope. rodriguez yeah. likes to resurrect uh his characters and and, and people for his first for stories but resurrect it checks out so for thin. sure Yeah, resurrecting characters, using the same actors to play several different characters, you know, in his movies. You know, kind of doing this old Sergio Leone trick Mm -hmm. of using the same actors but different characters. Yes. And I think this checks off several trope boxes for Mm -hmm. 80s action films, considering the fact that it was made in the mid-90s, I think, as a feat.
1: Yes, yes. No, you could tell that his influences were 80s action films. 80s action television shows, like, I, I kept... As I rewatched it, like, you know what, this remind me of some, like, you know, um, Starsky and Hutch slash, you know, uh, The Fall Guy slash, you know what I mean? Like all those old, you know. A lot of A-Team uh, kind of stuff. Right, right, A-Team kind of stuff, basically, yeah, yeah. So I was, I you know, I, I was giddy watching it again, just sort of being taken back to that era of film and television.
0: Yeah, this came out at, at a particularly
1: weird time. I wouldn't say weird
0: time, but a developmental time. Time for me. Uh you know, I was just graduating high school. I was really, you know, neck deep into writing and wanting to be a filmmaker. It would be mm-hmm. many years before I would become a filmmaker. But this came out of the time when Rodriguez, Kevin Smith, and Quentin Tarantino came out and they were mm-hmm. kind of the golden childs of film. And I remember seeing El Mariachi, the first movie, mm. and being completely blown away that you know this guy, you know, put himself through a medical trial. To mm-hmm. get the money to make a, this seven thousand dollar movie, and I was blown away. I'm like, this guy shot on film, yes. shot on sixteen, yeah. and managed to make a movie for seven thousand right. dollars, and then blew up with this. You know, seven million dollar budget. You know, four years later, yeah, to make uh, another explosive action movie, and I was like, this is mm-hmm. the guy to watch. And
1: now he's right. directing
0: episodes of the Mandalorian and Boba Fett for.
1: Marvel. Yeah, for Marvel, Marvel Disney.
0: Today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now That's how you know you've arrived, right? When you're getting those Disney checks. Yeah, you're getting Disney checks and Marvel money, you know, you've done, <laughs> you've done, you know, you've done made, uh, your small town boy is made good.
1: Right, 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 you know, right, so to
0: right. speak. But before we get too deep into the movie and start talking, Rodriguez, give the uh, quick IMDb synopsis as I always do. Okay. And this is for Desperado from 1995. Former musician and a gunslinger El Mariachi arrives at a small Mexican border town after being away for a long time. His past quickly catches up with him and he soon gets entangled with the local drug ki- drug kingpin Bucho and his gang. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's not entirely accurate. I don't feel like he's he just arrives at the the border town after being away for a long time. I feel like he's been on the hunt for Bucho for a while.
1: Yes, somebody who wrote that was writing it from memory and not having just watched the film. Because right. he was actively hunting for Bujo. The the opening of the movie is him st- sending Steve Buscemi into the city early, to essentially prime the field for his mythos. Uh, right. So yeah, you know, uh, he definitely was on the hunt.
0: And a bit of trivia have Steve Buscemi was uh, not that he was so expensive they couldn't afford him but it was still at a $7 million budget they had to cut corners they only had him for six days mm. so they had to get his intro right off the beginning and get all his scenes following they had him for six days and I believe they had Cheech Marine for seven days so they had them for very very small window of opportunity and I, I love the, the opening of him going into the bar they're playing some Dire Straits music and he just mm-hmm. He looks at this place, is this the most dive bar you've ever seen committed to celluloid ever?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it's you a would great, it's get a hepatitis
0: scene. just like walking <laughs> in the door. Yeah,
1: no, God no. Uh well, not the type of place I'd find myself on a Saturday night, but uh, you know, it, it it had a real feel to it, a real grime to the bar and to the to the environment. That's kind of funny, like to to think in terms of Steve Buscemi being you know, I, I know he's a very employed actor. Like the, the guy worked worked as much as he wanted to work back in the '90s, um, but also still thinking of him as this sort of smaller actor. Uh, you know, I, in my mind, I always thought he was just available, and Rodriguez just called him up and was like, "You want to hang out on set for a few days?" But no, he only got him for a short window of time, and then he had to be off to something else. Uh, like and I can Cheech, I can understand I can understand Cheech being you know in
0: high demand.
1: Yeah, you know. Yeah, but you know, just thinking in terms of Steve Buscemi, but that was sort of Steve Buscemi's heyday. That's, that's the first thing I thought when I saw this, like, oh no, seeing him walk into in the first scene, was, my brain was immediately like, oh, this is the 90s. He was, Steve Buscemi was in everything after uh, Reservoir Dogs.
0: Yep, yep. <laughs> As well, so, he should be. He he he. he right. Still to this day, he's been pretty much everything. Yeah. You know, I, I love him in Boardwalk Empire and mm-hmm. uh, Miracle Workers is one of my favorite comedy shows. I love him in that show. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, this uh the, the Bushimi intro and his character. You know what? I did not realize until I was doing a little bit of uh trivia digging. His character name
1: in this movie is literally Bushimi. Oh. They just name. They him never Bushimi. say his name. They never. Yeah. No one ever. Nobody says names in this movie, though. I I realized that after watching it again.
0: Yeah, like the only person who really gets a, a distinctive name is Buco or Bucho. Yep. And Carolina. Yep. There's the only two they get really get names, and at the end you get kind of a, uh, you know, a little bit back and forth. You feel you know Bucho's real name is Caesar, and uh, the Mariachi's name is Manito, which just yeah. means little brother. So is that, is that really his name? Right. You right. know. Right. But I love the I love the opening. Rodriguez went from being able to orchestrate great action in El Mariachi, and he did a few other things between Mariachi and this. He did Road Racers, and a couple hmm. other TV shows. Uh, but he wanted to complete John Woo territory in here, jumping through the air, two guns blazing in each oh, hand, yeah. explosions oh, going yeah. off everywhere. It's everything I wanted in in eighties, nineties action movies. It's it, it checks off all those boxes for me. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, I, as in re-watching it, you know, it's that way in which you watched a movie a million times when you were younger, and then you haven't seen it in years, and you just, I was just immediately brought back to how many of the Im- images were seared into my brain. Like, uh, in the opening where the mariachi and his friends are playing in the bar, which, which is kind of a dream sequence, but also a vignette uh, a little bit, and he walks across the bar with the bright lights behind him, I'm like, oh no, that's like, that's like a... You know, Rich will remember that image until the day he dies. <laughs> image, right, uh, right, right. Just so many. Uh, you know, when he when he says "not yet" in the bar before he starts shooting up the guys, uh, like that. Right. Like, there's just so many pieces <laughs> of this film that are like, oh no, this is like when I see that, my heart skips because that's I fell in love with that the first time and, and love it every time I see it.
0: It's just like seeing Danny Trejo, yeah, with all the throwing knives. It's like, oh, this was the birthplace of machete right here. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> And a bit of trivia I have too, um, during the filming of this movie, during production, um, Trejo and Rodriguez found out that they were second cousins. They had no idea yeah, going into I, I it. Yeah, I remember at, hearing at, about that. Yeah, I find I find that remarkable. And that was the beginning of a, a beautiful working relationship. Now it's just like, hey, cuz, you know, just come right. on, come on, do some work. You're going to work on every movie I make. Every and movie even ever this ever day Yeah, everything. Yeah. He's got a part, even in uh, mm-hmm. Book of Boba Fett.
1: Yep. Yep, and which I was I, happy to see him show up in.
0: Yeah, I, I was kind of hoping to see him pop up on, on that finale episode and, you know, join in with the Rancor attack. But, you know, we, mm-hmm. we got what we got. We got the, yeah. the, the wink and the nod.
1: And Once again, he was Boba probably Fett, only available for one day. <laughs> right.
0: Well, as much as Trejo works, he does like 37 films a, a right. month, you know. Right, right. But I uh, speaking of Boba Fett for a hot second here, I noticed several... Uh, sequences in, the, in this film that um, are mirrored in that finale episode of book mm-hmm. of boba fett certain shots certain angles and the way he would sh- that rodriguez shoots action is still yeah. alive and thriving to this day you know in his mind you know this certain shots and the way he orchestrates action is mm. you know you know he's evolved as a filmmaker mul- a multitude of times but he's still. Oh, yeah used- He's got those images that he likes to use that are tried and true, and he's just like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is my bag of tricks. We're just going to dip into this bag of tricks and pull the rabbit out of the hat.
1: Yeah, see, what's interesting is when I watch Boca Boba Fett, and I need to go back and rewatch it from the beginning because I was watching it week to week, and, you know, some of it fades uh, in a different way than it does when you binge it. Um, Now, particularly now that I've seen, you know, Desperado and El Mariachi, and I plan on rewatching Once Upon a Time in Mexico – I feel like he was angrier back here. Like Desperado is a little bit of an angrier movie. Um, you oh, know, yes. El Mariachi is definitely a screw you Hollywood I can do what I want kind of movie. Uh, and you know, Boca Boba Fett is a guy who eats better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he's a much more if, if you watch El Mariachi and to, uh, Desperado, Desperado is a much more polished like he got really he got real cameras and real lighting. Uh, and and you know, uh, you could tell that he was uh, upgrading Um, and by the book of Boba Fett, it's like, oh no, he knows his way around all this stuff now. Um, and, and so I felt like there was, you know, it definitely wasn't as gritty, wasn't as, it's still polished, it's still, you know, kinetic. Um, but I, I, you know, part of me, because I was so enthralled by him in the nineties, just kind of misses the, the young, hungry, angry, you know, Rodriguez, who, Is he? It feels like he went from "screw the system, I'm going to be loud and obnoxious" to you know I understand why those kids should be making so much noise.
0: (laughs) I think it comes with age, right? 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 I'll give him the benefit of it, but
1: that that was immediately what I thought when I you know I was listening to another podcast or something that was talking about the book of Boba Fett finale and they said he directed. I was like, oh, that's right, he did. There's something missing. Like it's just missing that trademark bitterness or something.
0: Yeah, it, it, this I think he was probably younger. Well, I mean, uh-huh. Obviously, obviously younger, but hungrier right. and probably a little more angrier at the system. And now I, I think he's figured out how, for lack of a better term, learned how to work the system.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, to his no. advantage,
0: you know. But yeah, I would love to see the the, the hungrier, uh, dirtier, angrier version of uh, Rodriguez come bubbling up to the surface at least one more time. Right, right, right. right. Don't give me five. Another mariachi film.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Don't give me spy kids, Rodriguez. I would like just the, I mean, and here's the interesting thing. As I watched this one, I was like, no, this is a cartoon. This there's, you know, there are people who will look at Desperado and think it was gritty and and angry. And it was, but also there's a, there's a Bugs Bunny, Tex Avery,
0: Yosemite (laughs) Sam
1: nature to it too, as I'm rewatching it. Like, oh no, these explosions are too big. People are flying around (laughs) as they get shot. Like there's stuff happening. You know? Yeah,
0: there's explosions happening with people flying in the opposite direction of what they should be flown in that certain trajectory. <laughs> you yeah. know? it's just like, wait a minute, the explosion was over here, yeah, but they're flying mm-hmm. over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: right, right. right.
0: <laughs> but, but we don't care because, like, at the end, like when he calls Campa and she, you know to come and help him, and they got like the 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 machine gun guitar cases and the rocket launcher guitar cases. It's totally mm-hmm. Bugs Bunny at that time. It's Wiley e. Coyote to the extreme.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I'm there I'm,
0: for it. I'm completely right. there Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. I was having a great time. But um, th- I think it was the, there's a very first fight where the villains, you know, the villains are doing villain stuff and there's two guys fighting in the ring and I'm realizing like for them to be fighting outside, they're, they're, these punch sounds are really loud. Oh, that's right. <laughs> this is a cartoon. This is a cartoon. Okay. Just keep watching the cartoon. And I have something. Uh, uh. have a
0: note about that the initiation fight scene seemed unnecessarily rough like okay we're going to break this guy's leg in three places and just be like put put him in a cast and you know welcome to the family it's like well that was just kind of excessive
1: right right but once again this is angry rodriguez right like this is exactly you know that there you know uh i don't think the book of boba fett rodriguez would make the the um, secret tunnel in the shitter. You know what I mean? Like he made him walk through a toilet. Oh,
0: most nasty ass bathroom right. I've ever seen in a film ever. Right. But if you want to cover your tracks for a drug dealing operation, that's the way to do it. Nobody would come within a mile of that restroom unless they had, uh, something nefarious they were trying to achieve.
1: Right, right, right. So I was like, Oh, you know, but once again, it was to me, uh, this is an angrier director writer, who's you know he's he's closer to the ground closer to the darkness of human misery um and just you know trying to show you guys he can make it even out of this even out of the muck
0: yeah and, uh, you know, and especially like when you have little things in the background, like the sign that says the customer is always wrong. Right. Yeah. I love little touches like that. That still gets a giggle out of me every day. Every time I see it, I'm just like,
1: hm, nah, nah, that's yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was, and, it, it's full of little things like that. There's scorpions everywhere. Little either, if not pictures of scorpions, symbols of scorpions. Scorpions um, on the
0: mariachi jacket on his
1: guns. I mean, pretty right. much everywhere. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Like, there's there's a nastiness to it, which, which I appreciated, right? Uh, yeah, same, same. Which is also why 20-year-old me was, like, in love with it. Like, oh, no, this guy's badass uh, from the moment he steps on the screen. I mean, and we have to talk about how Antonio Banderas is literally at the height of his, like, sexy badassness in this film. Like, um, I don't know what movies he had done before this. I know this is how I was introduced to him, and this is how I thought, you know, why didn't I want to be him when I grow up after watching him? do this movie
0: well he was just so suave right and just so like you know that man could have convinced uh, as i was saying to, to patty earlier when we were watching it i'm like you know with a voice like that he can convince a stalk of celery that it was a carrot you know <laughs> by just yeah by saying it's but you know before this he hadn't really done a whole lot of uh, mainstream american films you know he was a you know a bit player and a couple of things he did. I think he did like Mambo Kings and Interview with a Vampire before this, but this was his first real, like, upfront, you know, leading man role. And, mm-hmm. you know, God, after this, it just took off. He was in the Vita, yeah. he was in uh, Assassins, you know, Play It to the Bone, and then, you know, all the Spy Kids movies. I mean, he became an action dynamo after this, and right, rightly right, right. so. And well deserved. Oh, he's got, char- you know, yeah.
1: Charisma yeah, for days.
0: He's got charisma for days. Yeah, I'm exactly going to say the same thing, Charisma for Days. Right. And this is, you know, the first movie that I – not I don't want to say the first movie I've seen with uh, Banderas, but it's the first one, obviously, that I remember with him. But also it introduced me to Danny Trejo mm-hmm. and introduced me to who Sama Hayek was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Still, just huge, huge stars now. And you're thinking they're still, you know, here 30 years, almost 30 years later, still working still yes. working steadily all the, yeah and having met danny treo i'll tell you man that guy seems so much larger in life but he, he is so short when i met <laughs> him i was just like why is Mas- machete so short he, sh- he should be bigger than me You're
1: right You're <laughs> he right he should well, be yeah yeah he seems like the biggest guy but in reality you know the the, the screen makes them so much larger than life uh and um For sure, he he he's 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 and he's played so many characters, right? Like, it's hard not to think of a one. It's hard to think of a bad Danny Trejo performance, but like, what wasn't he in? (laughs) You know, I'd be harder pressed to figure out what he didn't appear in.
0: You could throw a knife at a wall with a thousand pictures from movies on it, and you're going to hit. You know, out of nine hundred ninety-nine of them, you're going to hit movies that he's been in. Right, right. I think he has. I think he has well over. Last time I had looked, when I had done some some digging on a past show, he ha- still had somewhere o- somewhere north of over 400 credits,
1: mm-hmm. at and least think- 144. Yeah, oh, God, just yeah. so so many, and that's just so films. and I mean, that's not counting you know how many times he's shown up in other things. But
0: hell, I remember when he he popped up on the Connors with John Goodman like last year. I was just like, wait a minute, why is he in? <laughs> like, I'm not that I'm questioning why he's in it because I I, I want to see him. In- I wouldn't see him in everything and anything, but I was just like, "Really? Like, okay, like I'm, 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 I'm here for it. I'm here for
1: it." Yeah. Now, now they say 250. Like, geez, I'm, I'm, I'm looking in at his actual Wikipedia page now, and I don't have the time or, or the the attention span to count all these, but he's had so many movies. Oh
0: gosh, I, like I, he's always working, man. He's just always right. working. I, I don't know when the man sleeps. I'm thoroughly convinced that he does not sleep.
1: Right. Right. Right.
0: And speaking of him in this movie, never says a word, never says or utters a word. And every time you see him, it's always a quick glimpse up until that main scene where he comes out. yeah, You know, it's always just riding by in a truck, standing by a phone booth and watching. He's always on the fringe Mm -hmm. of everything. But then when he comes out, he kicks all sorts of ass and takes all sorts of names for about a minute and a half before you find out that a man with throwing
1: knives is no match for people with fully automatic weapons. Right, right, right. It was so tragic because he's all built up to be this, uh, this, you know, this uh, opponent to the mariachi. And then he gets mistaken identity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, oh, this is, I love when they bring him back to Bucho and they're just like, oh, can you just, you know, he's talking to the, his uh, compadres, the Com- Colombians that have sent him to kind of watch mm-hmm. them and make sure. And it's like, oh, can you describe him? as like, oh, tattoo of a woman on his chest. Oh, shit, check. Oh, throwing <laughs> knives. Oh pay phone money to call with progress reports oh oh yeah okay and just like well we'll stay out of his way and it's like Ugh. right
1: right too late too late so i looked up his imdb because that was the best place to go 415 actor credits 415 <sighs> actor credits like yeah geez
0: yeah Man. and uh i i looked at the other day and he still had you know i think was it 11 or 12 credits just for pre-production for 2023 is this like oh yeah how did he, his his agent must work overtime to keep his schedule straight i'm, right. I'm telling you right
1: Let's which is why about... we only got him for a day on the Mandalor- on, uh, on uh, the Mandalorian 2.5 aka the book of Boba fett he was I, I still he was busy it with other stuff
0: 2.5 because for half that season it, it, it totally <laughs> turned into Mandalorian
1: <laughs> right it was the best part of the show I liked the show but the best part was when the Mandalorian showed up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and following him through his adventures. To be honest, it's unfortunate, but that's how that's how it happened. You were going to ask a question before I, I jumped in. Uh,
0: oh no, I was going to say another uh, good cameo besides you know Steve Buscemi and Danny Trejo is Quentin Tarantino's cameo as the as the bag man. Yes, Quentin Tarantino <laughs>
1: shows up and tells a joke.
0: And I have to admit, I'm not embarrassed to, to admit this. Uh, the joke that he tells, I probably told that joke a hundred times over throughout the 90s to anybody nice. that would listen to it and to most people who would not even listen to it.
1: Nice, nice. I, I
0: never did it any kind of justice, but I did get a few laughs out of it. So thank you, QT, for that. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. And I think they used utilized Quentin in a good way here because as much as I admire him as a writer and a filmmaker overall, he is not the greatest actor in the world. He
1: is not. He is not. They did. They tried their best with what he could do here, and he did fairly well for his level of skill.
0: Yeah, you know they they gave him one scene, kind of split it into two, and, and you know gave him, you know killed him off quite quickly, which I think is the way to go. Mm-hmm. You know they they was they would utilize that uh, to a similar extent in from Dustal Dawn a couple of years later. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that you know having him be a, a main character in your movie is, is you know might be might seem like a great idea at the time, but you know let's just keep keep him uh, right relegated to the bit parts which he, he plays it well here he plays it well everybody plays their part really well in this movie yeah and speaking of parts being played well i think Joaquim dalamita i think is how you pronounce his name is bucho yes really plays the role well I, I've, n- I've known him for so many other movies he's been in the fast and furious he was in uh mm-hmm. one of the jack ryan movies i forget which one i think it might have been clear and present danger mm-hmm. but he's always playing a bad guy of some sort he plays bucho with a unique mix of, you know, he's very sleek and suave at one moment, and then in another moment he's very skeezy. He plays yeah. that balance well between skeezy and 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 sleek.
1: Yes, yes, he does. He does very well at that. Um, and and then when it when you know the twist happens, he goes kind of soft but still menacing. You know, which is is not an easy thing to play.
0: No, and this time around, you know, I started noticing a little bit of uh, the tricks that Rodriguez used to let us know that what that that uh, that uh, twist would be at the end. You know, when the the guitar playing kid is pl- playing the strumming the guitar with the tune that the mariachi had taught him, and his eyes go wide, and you kind of hear some children giggling and laughing. Yeah. like he's almost reminiscing something about his childhood. It's like they didn't come out and beat you over the head with it, but they kind of let you know, like you. Might- mm-hmm. Be getting yeah. into something there that you
1: don't want to get into. Yeah, yeah. That he has an attachment to the guitar and to the you know the sound that um, we couldn't see coming. And it'll tell you no. Um, and I, you know, I also remember that scene as oh, there's something there. There's 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 more going on. Um, I feel like we didn't give enough to Selma Hayek. So can we back up and just talk about oh, how yeah, she walked course. into my dreams at that point? Like before that, i there was a pre-Selma Hayek phase of my life, and then the post-Selma Hayek phase. <laughs> and this movie you, you too, and then sir. right uh this movie and her appearance in from Dust Till Dawn when she that was like really like now she's seared as you know the the one woman of all time that I'll ever you know she could well, never do I, anything wrong
0: i can mention it here only because i know patty won't my I? I, I have a hall pass Right. For someone, right. Like, if I if I, ever, if I ever needed to use it. So I'm just putting it out there into the ether. <laughs> right.
1: Right. Right. <laughs> she is that she's she's been that woman for me since the 90s, in part because of her appearance here and, and, and uh, over at Dust Till Dawn and, and others where she's always been spectacular and still very, you know, very beautiful woman.
0: Yeah, Very beautiful. Great comedian. Yes. And great timing. Her uh, her performances in the Hitman's wife and the Hitman's wife's bodyguard. Yes. Uh yeah, so good. She is so good. And you good. see sparks I, of
1: that here. Like she like she like before her and the mariachi start interacting, he's very brooding and dark. But then you add her to the mix, and there's this good chemistry they have uh in their mm-hmm. escape scene from the bookstore. And and when she's like frustrated that he ha- he won't kill uh Bucho. It's like, there's a, they got a good, you can tell there that she's got some skill uh, for this to be one of her earliest outings as a movie star. And
0: let's talk about like the most epic intro of a character ever. She's just crossing the street in an intersection and everybody's gawking at her just, she's just gorgeous. And they actually
1: have an accident. Have a car crash.
0: Yes. Yeah, car crash. You could realistically probably say that's probably happened at least several times in her life. I'm going to sure.
1: assume that at some point in her life she's caused a couple car accidents. Yep, yep. Yeah. But that, everybody has a role to
0: play in this movie, and they all play it so well. Even even OQT he does pretty well in it. But somebody I got to mention at one point is Carlos Gallardo. Mm. He plays Campa, one mm-hmm. of uh, the Mariachi's two friends, who was the original Mariachi Mariachi. El mariachi. Yep, yep. And... Uh, Rodriguez had to fight to even get him a, a supporting role in this movie, and I'm glad he stuck to his guns—no pun intended—to uh, you know to to play Campa, you know. Now, again, a character who has like one or two words of dialogue, but like he's so memorable with those two machine gun, yes, uh, guitar cases,
1: like uh, just so good. Mwah. chefs kissed, but they have the original mariachi. In it. Right, right. I, I was re—I was watching another uh, video about it, and they were you know somewhat disappointed that he didn't get to reprise the role. Um, in going in the trilogy, you know, he's the original Mariachi, they recast, uh, Antonio Bandaras, And then they even do that scene from the very beginning where, uh, Antonio Bandares is dreaming about the previous movie with himself standing in the role of Mariachi. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, I can't say from the first movie that, you know, um, he had the same range as Antonio Bandaras did. Like Antonio Bandares was, he was funny. He was suave. He was menacing. He was sexy. Like he just brought so much to the role. He could go broad when he needed to go broad. He could go, um, you know, such a physical actor. You know that scene where they're grabbing the guns off the ground and each one of them's empty, and he's he's got this, oh, this look in his eye, and then he finally just grabs the dude by his neck and breaks his neck, and it's just he's given everything to that moment. And you're like, okay, I'm, you know, how could I not love this guy? And you can
0: see the comical moments in that where they're each grabbing him and the other guy are grabbing the guns and they just both click on empty and they scramble and grab another one. It clicks on yeah. empty and he gives the guy a chance. I will say that it was like, he says, you like, can hey, go,
1: you <laughs> can go. I'm not going to shoot you in the back. Basically the guy's like, Nope, we got to fight this out. Um, and, and you know, the, 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 scene of him shooting across the bar and he's got those guns, just barking at his hands. And I'm like, ah, Antonio Banderas was everything at this point in my life. I, you know, I was, I, I wanted to be him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like I said, I, I may or may not even still to this day when I play Red Dead Redemption put scorpions uh, all over my outfit and all over nice. my guns just because of D- desperado. So you know it still lingers on in my life to this day, and because I, I play a lot of Red Dead Redemption, nice, and, nice. And uh, so yeah, yeah. But like the action is so well choreographed in this, you know. I mean, oh, yeah. it, it's, it's it's Bugs Bunny style. You mentioned that earlier. You know, it is very much Wile E. Mm. Coyote Bugs Bunny stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's what makes it so much fun. But the one thing, there's just one thing that's a, my only real fault with this movie is the ending is quite abrupt. Oh yeah, and I and I know like that was uh, because the MPAA had come down so hard and imposed so many cuts because they used something that uh, Rodriguez had nicknamed the guacamole gun that would mm-hmm. shoot blood. as Mm. as opposed to using blood squibs and it made it too realistic Mm -hmm. and they had to trim all these cuts and at the end there was a good six minute uh sequence at the end instead of using the fade out with you know the mariachi shooting his brother and then it fades out yeah there was a big you know sequence there they wanted to make so many cuts to and he's like well instead of making these 27 cuts yeah i'm I'm just going to cut the whole sequence and i think to this day that footage has never been seen i would love to see
1: that in, yeah. Just not even
0: edited back into the film, but just as like as a as an oddity, as a deleted scene. I would want to see how that was
1: supposed to turn out. Right, right, right. You you know, as you bring that up, I completely forgot that. Yes, I knew that there had been a scene that was filmed that was not shown um because of the bloodiness of it, and you know, knowing that certain movies in the past got away with it, uh, Taxi Driver being one of the most famous by switching over to black and white um i kind of wish that we could have seen what was intended uh as the director's vision and you know as this movie gets to be you know uh 30 what how old is this movie now in 95
0: 95 so i mean it's uh, it's coming up on what's this 27
1: years old so it's almost 30 mm, years old yeah maybe the 30 year anniversary we can get a a, a a recut or at the very least those deleted scenes um it's probably not going to happen but I, i'd love it if it did
0: yeah, I mean, th- that footage has got to exist somewhere. So Rodriguez,
1: if you're right, right. right he's got VH. it he's got it in his basement or on a hard drive or something. yeah, you you have it, and we want it <laughs> mm-hmm. right, right, right. we We still love this movie with all our hearts and and want to see more of it.
0: Um, a few scenes that I love. I'm not sure which is your favorite. i I do love the the initial shootout where there it's the flashback kind of mode to Steve Buscemi is telling the story. That's one of my mm-hmm. favorites sequences i love the scene at the bookstore it's a very subtle scene but when the book at the bookstore when the mariachi is behind the counter Mm -hmm. and he's very quietly trying to reload his guns as bucho was on the other side of the counter and not and just come in under that radar I, i just love how that's orchestrated yes but my favorite My favorite is the po- post. Ugh, sorry, my favorite is the post-coital action scene. You know, after the mariachi and Carol- Carolina made love, and yeah. then this the next morning she's singing on the guitar, and he's waking up and seeing the guys closing right. in around the room on the terrace. I love right. how all that is choreographed. It's yes, it's, yeah, it's, no, it's, that it's,
1: that's a great one. Uh, Those are it's it's so hard to choose one good scene. I I also love that scene where he's got the two guns and he's pulling them in and now he's aiming them at her and he has to knock her down to shoot the two guys that are coming in through the windows. Um, Yeah. Once again, these are all seared in my brain. Him jumping backwards off the building while shooting backwards. As he falls, like, you know, that would that's going to break his back. We all know that. But yeah. it was awesome to watch. Or at least watch. an ankle. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. No, his is back, he's not catching himself. He's firing backwards while he jumps from one roof to the other. He stands up, he tilts a bit. You know, they, they have that, once again, comical moment where it's like, is he going to fall? He's got guys on the roof, guys on the ground. He just pushes himself back and starts blasting. And it's physically impossible to survive that, but it was awesome to watch. Yes, yes. It happened. Speaking um, of awesome, awesome, the
0: watch, you get the cool guy explosion strut, as I call it, walking away from the mm-hmm, fireball behind mm-hmm. him as he tosses a couple of hand grenades over the side. Because what action movie is complete without the, your hero or villain walking away from a big fiery wall of
1: flame? Right, 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 while, while dragging the girl by her hand. Yep, that was, yep. Uh, once again, that's where I wrote, these images are burned into my, my mind yes the kiss before the jump the backwards roof jump and then walking away from the explosion these images are burned into my mind that was my note like for that scene. <laughs> right right <laughs> uh yeah. yeah so no great great amazing scenes i'd have to say that one of my absolute favorites was the the original shootout in the bar where he comes looking for bucho and the the guys are like what's in the case what's in the case and he's like i'm just a singer you know i don't want any trouble yeah. i'm just looking for bucho and um he's trying to tell the guy, not yet. You don't have to turn that gun around and he does anyway. And then he pulls out the, the, the sleeve guns and Yeah, much like a taxi driver that you, mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Yeah. He says, Not yet. Yeah, it's like uh, and then sleeve guns and yet. blows it starts blowing things up. And I'm like, This is yeah, I'm I'm fully in. And once again watching it again, him standing up on the bar, shooting guys. Tactically the worst place to be if you're in a gunfight. But he's up on that bar and I'm like, keep shooting guys. This is awesome.
0: Yeah, shooting behind his back, over his right. shoulder, and right. at one point I made a note here: the way he's throwing the guns, it's like he's throwing the bullets. At right. right, right, right. People he's like, like he's like, like slinging in the bullet. Like, what the hell? What kind of yeah, like, he like punches strategy is that? Yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's just beautiful. Yeah, it, it's, it's just totally aesthetics. unrealistic it's and, and non-practical. But it's just. It's 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 a it's a beautiful thing to watch. This yeah. movie has very much a, a high level of rewatchability.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And um, the one thing I, I, that I have to mention too that is the only secondary fault is the kid, that's the mm-hmm. guitar, you know, the guitar playing kid that, that yeah, also doubles drug, for also a drug mule. Yeah, it's also a drug mule. You know, for his father who does nothing but like you know sit around and, and watch TV. Mm-hmm. The kid is awkward. The kid the kid is is yeah. obviously, you know, the the weakest link of the movie, but I can forgive it for it cuz what child actor really isn't
1: a little awkward. Yeah, and the kid is pretty much necessary. Like without the kid, the mariachi is a soulless killing machine, but the fact that he's teaching this kid guitar, like that's once again a a movie trope. If he saves the kid, he literally saves the kid after that gunshot, after the the fight with um with uh Danny Trejo. Mm-hmm. Uh, from getting hit by a car and then he stops the drug transaction from happening and takes the guitar back the you know and we, I'm realizing like no this is Robert Rodriguez knows that if you have this cold-blooded uh force of nature killer stop and s- help this little kid learn the guitar and save him in the street then we'll see oh he's he's a decent person he's not a bad guy he just likes to kill bad guys yeah he's just a bad guy
0: killing worse guys right but you know, I think it's 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 another checked off uh, trope that they can check off the box. Is you know, and by saving the the kid, he's saving him a part of himself. Yes, yeah, yes, which I think is what they're aiming for, and and, and it works. You know, like that's
1: yeah, especially once you realize forgive. that his kid, you know, his brother is a drug dealer. He was a kid at some point, you know, that that uh, they were brothers and that they had this history. Um, in many ways he is saving the younger version of himself by saving this, this kid who's in this town, uh, who gets himself shot up by, by the mariachi's actions. So he was actually in more danger due to the mariachi (laughs) being in town. If he had had that shootout in the, in the back lot, uh, the kid would have been safe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He was uh, in a lot less trouble before, before the mariachi showed up because when the mariachi shows up, all hell breaks loose. Right. Pretty much. Pretty much, you know, and I I love the bit kind of backtracking to the beginning here before Steve Buscemi's character gets, you know, bumped off, you know, he, he, he tells him, you know, he's like, yeah, I told him the story, told him you were the biggest dude I ever seen, laid it on real thick. And he's like, you know, after this, you know, you're going to be done. He's like, yeah, yeah, I I think so. He's like, good, because I don't have the stomach for this anymore. Mm -hmm. And the Mariachi says to him, well, you never did. And then he shoots back at him. He's like, yeah, neither did you, you know, let's let you know that this guy, you know, was a quote unquote, you know, normal human being before they killed the lady of the love of his life yeah. and sh- shot his hand up. So he can't play guitar anymore. Now it's a miracle that he can't, uh, you know, play strum a guitar, but he can pull the hell out of the trigger. Mm-hmm. And he even says at one point, you know, it's easier to pull the trigger than play the guitar easier to de- destroy than to create. So there
1: is some, some, some great poetic moments
0: in, right. in a movie like this. This is not just all shoot 'em up action.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Um, it, it, it says that's why Rodriguez is, you know, who he is. He, he knew not to just make this stock action movie, but to still ask some philosophical questions about violence, about brotherhood, about, you know, uh, our place in the universe, mm-hmm. you know, in a way. Well, uh,
0: you know, I mean, with my first feature film, I kind of touched upon the same ideas of, you know, what does somebody do who is you know, centered on getting vengeance, but what does one do when vengeance is satisfied? Is this kind of mm-hmm. like, do you just move on to the next abomination in your life? Or, mm-hmm. you know, or or do you start over again? It, it, it's it's a great question to ask. And I think that's also an action movie trope, which is why I, I asked that question to myself in my movie.
1: Right, 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 right. I thought the movie did a pretty good job of, I mean, if nothing else, in that scene right before Steve Shimmy dies, and I'm watching it for, I don't know how many times I watched it as a youth, but I hadn't watched it in at least 10 years. Um, I'm like, oh, no, Steve Buscemi is here to, to, once again, make him question. If there was no Steve Buscemi in this movie, he wouldn't be questioning his actions in a way that we could see it. He would have to be doing it internally or over voiceover. But to have this guy who's helping him, who's like, you need to get out of this life. He needs that contrast um, to make him consider, is this worth it or not? And then to immediately lose that character because, you know, Steve Buscemi's got other stuff to shoot.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, he had a Cohen Brothers movie to shoot or something. Right. I'm sure he was getting ready to do The Big Lebowski and is like, listen, i got to be on set here in 30 minutes.
1: Right, right, right. So let me but just you take know, like, three he, knives to the heart and I'll just lay down and, and call it a, a week. Right,
0: right. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does take a couple knives to the heart. Poor Vashimi, down and out.
1: Mm-hmm, down and mm-hmm. out.
0: But, you know, it's just like, and he does convince him. You know, Vashimi's character convinces him. He's like, listen. Because the Mariachi ends up saying, he's like, you're right, you're right. I need to be done with this. And he's like, I need to, you know, suck it up. So to speak, I need to, you know, admit that it's over. And then what happens five seconds later, Mm she means dead. And he's just like, well, there was the voice of reason in the back of the mariachi says that (laughs) might have been able to convince some otherwise. And this, it's like a Godfather three moment, you know, just when he thought he was out, they pull him back in.
1: Yeah. 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 It was, it was, it was, the life came to get him and maybe if he hadn't done what he'd done to this point, Steve Oshimmy might still be there, but because of the choices that had been made to get us to this point in the film, uh, you know, he had to he had to pay the cost. The one person that seemed to care about him before, um, Selma Hayek, uh, is now no longer in his in his life.
0: Yep, yep. Well, can you think of any other uh, movie trope boxes that that this movie uh, checks off action wise before we, um, we close out the yeah. review?
1: Well, I I will say the music was amazing. You know, I forgot how much I loved that that guitar uh, throughout the film. Like I said, in the opening uh, vignette slash uh, dream sequence, um, I'm hearing Antonio Banderas, you know, play the guitar and walk across the bar. And I'm like, I forgot how much I love this song. I forgot how much I loved a lot of these music, the music in this. There are moments where it's like the strong guitar uh, from a 90s action television show. Uh, moment, but then there are the times where the Mexican, you know, guitars playing all fast, and I'm like, "Oh, this is, yep, I'm loving this." I, I forgot how much I love the the soundtrack of this movie. Uh, even I used I hadn't to heard wear, it ever.
0: I used to wear this soundtrack out back in the day. There was a period Me for too. a couple of years
1: where it was in heavy rotation rotation in my CD player. Right, right, along with the Quarantino, Tarantino soundtracks and and some other stuff. Yeah, yep. this was definitely. Uh, I had I had a tape that I would <laughs> that I was playing <laughs> back when we had cassettes.
0: Yeah, but back when when everything wasn't just digital and I had just nothing but a lowly, lowly cassette tape and a CD, I would wear those suckers out. Right,
1: hmm right, right, yeah, right. This got Like I said, heavy rotation back in the day. Yeah, yeah. And so I do love the
0: wanna... way it ends. I, the, the, the summer... Oh, good, sorry.
1: No, no, no. I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you. The way it ends, he you know, he tosses the guitar. He, he has that moment with her where he's, you know, have I thanked you yet? And she's like, no. And he's like, I will, which is basically like, I'll see you later. And then she pulls up on him. And uh, says, I want you to thank me now. And he tosses the guitar. And it's like, oh, man, don't do that. <laughs> I remember thinking <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the theater. I was thinking it again, watching it, you know, 20-something years later. Uh, don't don't toss the guitar, man. You might still need that.
0: Yeah, there's still a few uh, guys out there toting mm-hmm. iron that might might be looking right, for
1: you. That are looking for you specifically because of some of the things you've done uh, in this town alone, let alone all the others that you had visited with your right. wrath. Uh, then he, you know, backs up to get it, and he's like, just in case. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's like, it's a long way to the next town. It's like, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, it is.
1: Right, right, right. I, I also want to point out the the uh, Rodriguez trope, particularly back there in the 90s. He always had that uh, crotch gun show up and stuff. Yes. Um. So I remember it, It like, showed up in the original Mariachi. It showed up in this. It showed up in Once Upon a Time in the West. I think it showed up in uh, From Dust Till Dawn. I think Danny Trejo actually uses it or – at least is wearing it in From Dust Till Dawn. Oh,
0: uh, and Dust Till Dawn, it was Tom Savini's character that used it. Ah, it's yeah, the only time go. in all those movies and in the many times that the crotch gun was used were uh-huh. was shown, well, shown that it was actually used. Right. And the other time it was just, just like,
1: just there. A <laughs> joke. Yeah. It was just yeah. there for show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is like one of the craziest things he could ever come up with, but I, uh, I I saw it and I suddenly had the flashbacks of oh that's right that showed up in every Rodriguez film before, <laughs> I don't know at least that ten year span where he's trying to make it in the industry, <laughs> um, you know you would there would be a callback to the crotch gun and you'd be like oh yeah the crotch gun and then he finally uses it in From Dust Till Dawn and it's like oh okay so it is functional I guess but still seems like a horrible idea I would never deign to use it.
0: Yeah, I would never want something like that anywhere close to my
1: uh, my Ghibli nether bits. regions. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, nothing yeah. very close to my naughty bits. I wouldn't want that. No, no, because yeah, what happens when something backfires? Recoil, man, something recoil. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, yeah, I don't want to
0: squ- squash the boys, mm-hmm. man. You don't want mm-hmm. that. You don't want that at all.
1: Yeah, but yeah, yeah, or still a backfire, like, or a gun jam, anything, any number of that. That, that power goes somewhere. So.
0: Yeah, exactly, you know, there's, for every action, there's an equal and opposite mm-hmm. reaction, that, and then you don't want that against you, as you put it, the Ghibli bits.
1: Right, right, right. Well,
0: so, I think we've summed up the movie pretty well, well, unless you had something else you wanted to touch on real quick. Oh, no, no, I
1: was mm-hmm. just going to say, I think, it, well, as always, it was one of my favorite movies, so yeah, uh, glad well, to talk about it.
0: Oh, yeah, this is my favorite. You know, as I, I was had the question posed to me by Patty to what was my favorite Rodriguez movie because I get, I find it sometimes very hard because I love so much of the stuff. but I have to say this is probably my favorite to at least my most memorable mm. uh, of Rodriguez's stuff. maybe from Dustle Dawn. yeah, it's a Sophie's choice. It depends on which day you ask me, you know which one it is, but this would probably be it. But the, yeah. the way we do things around here, we' usually do a quick summary at the end of the show and do a rating on a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being the worst, 10 being the best. And the rules okay. usually go is that guests go first. So go ahead and give us, our, give us our, your, uh, your brief summary of what your thoughts were on this movie and a rating on a scale from 1 to 10.
1: Yeah, so my thoughts on Desperado are I loved it when I saw it the very first time. I feel like it was a girl that told me to watch it. Um, it was, yeah, this girl I was dating way back in the 90s uh, named Lisa. She made me watch Mariachi, and then I couldn't watch Desperado first. I had to watch Mariachi first, and I loved it the same as I did back then. It is a top-tier action movie full of 80s and 90s uh, action excess and a guy with too little money trying to make a film as look as big as he can and genuinely made Antonio Banderas one of the biggest stars in my mind, um, by just giving me the coolest swaggiest guy that i would ever want to see on screen and i'm hard to press i watch a lot of marvel movies a lot of a lot of a lot of action movies i'm hard pressed to say in the last five years if i've seen an action star as suave as he was in desperado which is why it will always be one of my all-time favorite movies i'm gonna give it if not a i'm gonna give it a nine out of ten um and there's a part of me that's like is it a ten Ugh, but that I, I feel like other people might not think that. But no, it's probably a 10 out of 10 movie for me. Like, I will watch this movie whenever it's on television, whenever it's on my screen. And I'm sorry that I waited so long to watch it again for this. Like, well, how fast can I get back to watch it again? <laughs> <laughs> again, let, let's, let, I'm not going to let that much time go, go far between me seeing it this time and the next time. Because uh, it's such a great film and a great time, uh, a great experience watching it. So your rating is a nine out of ten. I'm gonna go ten out of ten. It's one of my ten out of tens. I'm I'm it's coming up there for just me a, with back to yeah. the future and another classics like this is this is a rich rich hall classic film.
0: Yeah, I can't quite come in at a ten, even though it's my favorite. You know, uh, one of my. Early- He's one of my two favorite Rodriguez movies. The one thing that I, I, I I'm a nitpicky SOB
1: mm-hmm. uh, and
0: my my real fault with this movie is the anticlimactic ending. You yeah. Know, and I yeah. Realized that was done out of necessity because of the MPAA. So I'm willing to forgive it for that. But I'm giving it a nine point five. It's, mm-hmm. it's just that smidge, you know. Yeah. No, I smidge. hear you. I hear you. But I love everything about it. All the the action movie tropes. One that we forgot to mention is all the fucking stormtrooper like bad guys that can't hit the broadside of a barn with an elephant. Yeah, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> but everything is wily e. coyote action. It's got great humor, great right. characters. Everybody's acting is truly on point. And right. like you said, it was the movie that cemented Antonio Banderas as an action superstar and just yeah. as a leading man. You yeah. know, is this one of those um, one of those uh obligatory sayings that everybody uses, you know, uh, uh, women wanted him, and men wanted to be him. And I still want to be him. I still want to be half that uh, suave in my my everyday life.
1: If I could be as cool as him spinning a gun on a countertop after arguing with Selma Hayek, I would aspire to just that, that small moment of, of coolness. (laughs) (laughs) You know know what I mean? Like I watched him do that today, today when I rewatched it, I'm like, I just want to be that. Like, I just want to be him having an argument with Selma Hayek and spinning a gun on a countertop. Cool.
0: Yeah. And you know we can all aspire to be that cool, but we'll never be as cool as Antonio Banderas, or even as as cool as Danny Trejo, or probably even as cool as Steve Buscemi. Right. You know. Right. We can all try, but uh, the a reason why they got the jobs that they got, and we don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 There's a reason they are, you know, cinematic uh, uh, heroes and celebrities and 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 gods of their field in a way, uh, and we're just these people who enjoy watching them. Right, uh, and right. we'll watch them anytime they're on, like you said, uh, from Steve Buscemi to Tono Banderas to Danny Trejo, 400, 400 acting gigs. Um, we obviously love to see these guys.
0: Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And I, I would gladly accept another mariachi movie. If they ever want to make oh, one yeah. Rodriguez, if you're listening, if you're ever slumming it and you want to go back to the well – I'll be mm-hmm. happily slapping my money down on the counter to pay you to do it.
1: What's funny is he's making there's there was I looked at the IMDb, he's making machete in space. So he could <laughs> very well just give us one more, you know, one last hurrah for the mariachi uh if he wanted to.
0: Oh, I hope I hope that happens. Yeah, anything, and make just it just like a gritty, trail. like
1: just a just a middle of the nowhere desert town mariachi with a with a guitar and a gun. That's the we will show up for that.
0: Yep, bringing it back old school. You know, I mean, like, and, and what he was able to accomplish with the first movie on $7,000, I mm-hmm. think it bears mentioning that the budget on this movie was a thousand times that. He he shot this movie on a $7 million budget.
1: Mm-hmm. Which still so is nothing in movie terms today. Like, the Mandalorian, 7 the million. Boba Fett episode, uh, cost more than than, than his, his first movie. Uh, and that's right. TV, right? Right, right.
0: Yeah, but he, now he's making that sweet, sweet uh, Disney paycheck money, so who knows what we'll mm-hmm. be able to see. But, you know, one can hold out hope. Right, right. You know, I, I always said there was never going to be another Mad Max movie, and we got Fury Road after so many years. So, it, you know, anything is possible.
1: Right, right.
0: Right on, right on. We will do that. We will do that. Well, once again, Rich, thanks for uh, coming on the show for the first time. I know I guest hosted on yours but now you're you were finally in my territory
1: yeah yeah and you should definitely come back over i know we got to talk about the rocketeer right
0: we can do that i'll be more than happy to come on your show and talk the rocketeer i have a copy of it on pristine laser disc that i will uh that will blow the dust off of and uh and
1: watch i'm jelly laser disc man once again taking me back to the uh blockbuster days
0: (laughs) yep i'm old school um you know as i say it's old but not obsolete but it right, might, be, right, they might no. be obsolete, but not to me.
1: Not to uh, you. But no. that
0: being said, thanks you very much, Rich, for coming on the show. I appreciate it. And, folks, uh, you have been listening to us talk about Desperado from 1995 here on Cinema Degeneration's sequel to Deja Vu. Thanks as always for listening and keep coming back. I'd say this is the best beer I've ever had.
1: Actually, anything over there? I'm just glad to be alive right now. <laughs> I was up a few towns away. You know Saragossa?
0: I was visiting a bar there,
1: not unlike this one.
0: They serve beer, not quite as good as this, but close. And I saw something you wouldn't believe. I'm sitting there, see, small table all by myself. Now this bar is full of real low lives.